Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Anything But Typical podcast. And you're in for another treat on this one because we've got a husband and wife dynamic duo. Uh, we've had a couple of those this, this last year, which has been really fun. Uh, but this time, uh, this couple, they aren't making food. They aren't running a restaurant. They've got a really cool company. They're moving dirt. And uh, so Carolina Civil and the owners are Nicole and Casey Cato. And uh, I can't wait for you to hear their story. Um, you're going to really be inspired. So Nicole and Casey, welcome to this podcast. We're glad to have you on. Glad so you on. have listened You've listened to enough of these uh, podcasts. When when we first met, you guys had talked about uh, the fact that you you like to listen to this podcast, which that's so that's so cool, and it's really cool to have you on here. But here's the scenario: uh, you guys are going to a new restaurant. You've you've scoured the internet. Hey, what's one of the hot new restaurants to try? This these guys like uh, experiences and trying new experiences together. You're going to a new restaurant and you think, hey, uh, it's a new restaurant, but somebody sees you in the parking lot. And as you walk through that parking lot to the front door of this new restaurant, somebody's talking about you. Don't realize that you can overhear exactly what they're saying. Nicole, what would you like somebody to be saying about you? I, I want people... I would like to hear someone say that they have heard that we, I do treat people different. It's in the construction world. So I try to make sure all the guys, they know, even though they work outside, you're welcome in the office. You're not too dirty for the office. You're not beneath anybody, you know, just I'm wearing clean shoes today, but that doesn't, that doesn't mean I wear them every day. So <laughs> I really want them to be, I want them to hear that the guys are treated different. The people are treated different. Uh, I mean, I like that. Casey's smiling. Um, yeah. Casey, what is it that you would want people to say about you? So first, obviously, thanks for having us and giving us a platform to tell our story. But I think for me, um, most importantly, is that we will help. Um, we're in the construction business, but at the end of the day, we're all in the service industry and our service that we provide is construction, whether it's a, um, whether it's a potential client, it's a developer, it's a, an existing client, it's somebody we did work for or someone that I know from 20 years ago, um, if they reach out, we'll help. If we can, if it's within our means, um, whether it's project related, whether it's uh, another one of our passion, which is miniature animals, or whether it's something personal, you know, we, if there's a way that we can help, um, we try to help. I think it's it's important uh, to invest in people, and and we we try to help. That's that's our biggest goal. We're going to have to hear more about the miniature animals. <laughs> because I already took I didn't the know about that. 
it is already down on paper. There's a lot to this couple. <laughs> I don't know how I could forget about my babies. It was um, it was by accident. The rescuing mini mini minis M A N Y M I N I. We rescued very many minis, and it's been fun. So that's yeah. Okay. Well, we'll circle back. So. <laughs> If you think we're getting out of this podcast without talking about that, you are incorrect. <laughs> um, Nicole, I love that quote of you're not too dirty for the office. It just that resonated. So I like that. But everybody to give a quick background, Casey and Nicole, like Gary alluded to, they own and operate Carolina Civil, which is a full service civil construction contracting firm located in Lake Wiley, South Carolina. And I want to go back to the start of the business. Can you share the story of how you two got into the, into the business? So I was a construction superintendent um, for many years and, and I've been, I've traveled, I've done all sorts of really cool construction things, but um, I always had the dream of doing things a little bit differently. Everybody says it, it's kind of one of those buzzwords nowadays, but I wanted to do things differently. And fortunately for me, my wife was my biggest cheerleader. Um, she decided that if this was a dream that I wanted to pursue, that she would wholeheartedly follow alongside of me. And we started it and stopped yeah, because we, he was a little nervous with it. Yeah, we started, we incorporated and started the business in 2015. Um, I was actually working in Virginia for I was an employee for one of the large contractors here in Charlotte and uh, I was working in Virginia on a pretty high profile commercial development site. Long story short, her dad got sick and we lost her dad. So we paused things. I came back home. I was able to come back home. Um, the company I was working for, they brought me back to Charlotte. Um, we went through all of that stuff. We started a new project here in Charlotte and she and I never really, I felt like I needed some sort of safety net to start this business. And I felt like that uh, we have five children, you know, the, we have a big family. We have five kids. So when you're talking about starting a business, I mean, that's, that's risky. I'm the oldest of five children as well. So, you know, there's a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure on my shoulders. Um, but, it was a church service and I was listening to a pastor teach about uh, margin. And he asked, you know, what's the difference between your standard of living and your quality of life? And that Sunday night, I, we were at home talking and I said, it's, it's now it's time. So I went to work the next week. I turned in my notice. I think I gave six or eight weeks notice and, you know, I left. And little did I know that she had a very big plan of how we could defer this payment and defer that payment. And we, we did this with, there was no savings. He was the only one working. I, I, I was home and so he wanted to do it. I, I figured it out. He said he wants to do it. He came home, said it was time during those couple of weeks. I knew we could defer the first house payment and then we could make two car payments that month. 
And then if we still needed money, I could defer the two car payments the next month and then make the house payment. So I, we could flip flop. And then I knew that we had a credit card that we could pull some cash out on and there would be a third month. So I had a three month plan, but I couldn't go any further than a, than a three month plan. So I had that and then you go and get everything started, the name, and then you have to have something to put in the bank to open up an account. And, and, and that's where this water jug comes from. And there's a deeper story behind this water jug with what we're doing with it nowadays with um, a thing called Carolina Civil Cares. But this water jug will always go with us. We carry it around. It actually sits in the conference room here in our office. But Nicole carted this thing to the bank and she cashed in all the change. And obviously she tells the story a lot more animated than I do about <laughs> her video game sounds. But, you know, there was $700 in that jar and that's what she opened the Carolina Civil LLC business bank account with. And fortunately for us, um, we never had to defer any house payments. We never deferred any car payments. We never pulled cash out of a, off of a credit card. We, I would, I mean, he started full-time in April mm -hmm. and there were many, many phone calls in August, September, October, November of it's Tuesday. We're not going to be able to make payroll. Now's the time. And then Wednesday or Thursday, a, I'd open the mail and there was one of the checks that we were waiting for and payroll was made. So it was only two guys and us, but it was tough making that payroll some days. It was, uh, it was definitely taxing, but you know, you, we look back on it now, uh, five years and we think of kind of some of the crazy things that we've done or some of those challenging times. And, you know, I knew deep down and I, I just feel or just felt like I wanted to focus on the people, um, the employees, the customers, you know, the people side of it. Business itself gets into uh, really focused on the transactions and we lose the personal side of it. And I know I'm probably covering a bunch of territory, a bunch of topics, but one thing that makes her and I a really good team is that she focuses on the financial side, the taxes, the all the financial insurance, you know, the, the business, the nuts and bolts of it. And I get to build people who build projects. So I get to focus on what I'm passionate about. And she relieves that stress and headache of you know, we, we just ordered this new piece of equipment or we just bought this material. You know, those those numbers become quite large and intimidating. She does a very good job of balancing and handling that. And it allows me to build the business. Um, he thinks I do a good job. See, we, <laughs> I am doing something right if he feels that way. <laughs> He's not too nervous. So, um for the listeners who don't get the benefit of seeing this Zoom video that Ben and I are looking at right now, there is a 
five gallon water jug. I figured it was more than a, a one gallon water jug when they said that they had $700 and change. That's 700. <laughs> so if you have pennies, it's going to fill that whole thing up. But um, anyway, um, so for anybody listening, listen to that. But Nicole, you got to tell the story about taking that thing uh, into the bank. I was, I don't know what I was thinking at home, but I, at home, I was a little embarrassed to carry a water jug. So I had the bright idea to put it in different bags, which was a horrible idea because paper gift bags don't hold very well. And we won't go, we won't go into that. I had to make several trips, more than two to go to my car and carry the stuff in. I'd already told the lady what I needed. She said, you can use the change. It's an automatic change counter right there in the corner in the lobby. Okay, no problem. So I took my, I had a bucket, a plastic bag and a, a paper gift bag of change. Okay. Paper gift bag was tearing. So I started with that first dropping it in just the coin slot and it reminds the uh, pinball. It was like I was playing a game of pinball in the lobby of a bank. It was quite <laughs> embarrassing. I kept turning around telling them, I'm so sorry, please forgive me. I heard them trying to answer the phone and Gary, don't make me do the noises again, but <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was an embarrassing day and I'm I'm glad that Casey likes to tell the story because he was not there for any of it. None, <laughs> none, but he'll tell the story like it's the greatest story ever, but he wasn't a part of that. I handled that on my own. It was a bad day. <laughs> she takes care of that part and I take care of my part and it works. He'll tell the story though. <laughs> but Casey, I want to go back to a couple of things that you talked about earlier in that church service that, gap of the standard of living and the quality of life. What, you say you went home and said it's time. What triggered in your mind? What, what was in that gap that you were looking for in your life or in your family's life? So it, that takes me back uh, a little bit of my personal story. Um, I'd always wanted to do big projects. I enjoyed doing big construction projects. Um, and that led me to chasing that standard of living. You know, the bigger the job, the bigger the pay, the bigger the benefits. You know, I was the bigger to boast, the bigger the ego. Hey, I can do this. So that led me to chasing all of that. And doing that, I spent six years in Washington, D.C. in the construction business, um, working for a big contractor there. And you know, it was always about the next big challenge, the next big fish, so to speak. And I realized that I was just chasing a paycheck. Um, my standard of living is what I was focused on, and it wasn't my quality of life. And as a result, my wife and children were suffering from it. It allowed me, once that message resonated with me, and you know, there's all sorts of things that you have to apply margin to, but what that allowed me to do was really reset my focus um, to realize that if I would really, if I would focus on quality of life, 
then everything else would come. My quality of life, her quality of life, our employees' quality of life, our clients. I mean, it's, it is a, a very big anchor for us. Um, and that message hit home. I knew because we had been struggling with the fact of not having enough savings to start the business, not having enough capital to start the business. Because, you know, quite honestly, a construction business takes, in my opinion, resources. Like you got to be able to get a hold of things, get a hold of people. It takes cash, a lot of it. This machine, these machines burn a tremendous amount of diesel fuel. I mean, it's it's an expense, a big expense. And it takes an unrelenting work ethic. Well, I had the work ethic and I had resources. Like I know people, but I didn't have the cash. I didn't have the capital to really make this thing go or to start it off the way that we needed to do. Because based on the workload that I had been performing and the salary or the level that I had been working, I mean, I was, I was going from hero to zero overnight. So how, how do you balance that financially? And that was the risk that I never felt like I could take, um, knowing that my focus was wrong. And when I could redirect my focus, I realized that it wasn't as much about the risk that I couldn't take as it was a risk that I couldn't afford to take. Like I had to do it. I knew right then that if I was ever gonna fulfill my calling in life, that I had to do it then. Now it was ironic because we didn't tell a soul. Like we didn't, I mean, like our family, her family, my family, we didn't tell anybody that I quit my job. We didn't tell anybody that, you know, I mean, I was a, I was a superintendent for a very well-known, you know, multi-generational construction firm in Charlotte. I mean, I, how crazy are you to quit your job you know, you get a paycheck every Friday, whether you whether it rains or not, and you're going to quit your job to chase your dream. Well, yes, I am. And I was she was crazy enough to do it with me. So, I mean, it's kind of some encouragement there because she come along beside of me and said, if you're this passionate about it and you've really thought this deeply into it and you really do think that because it's more than just skills. You know, it's more, it takes more than hard work to make it. Um, we'll give it a go. And here we are five years later and uh, enjoying telling our story to you guys. So that maybe there's, maybe there is someone out there that's struggling with the, what do I do's? And, you know, you got to dig deep and do it. The, the fact that, I mean, you've, you've raised a whole bunch of issues, <clears throat> which are that, that I, I don't know very many people that have taken the plunge that didn't deal with those issues of, I can't afford it. I, 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 I don't have the triggers. I haven't hit the, the trigger points that I think I need to have in order to go do this, whatever it is, right? Excuse, excuse, excuse. And I'm not negating, those are valid things. But the reason both of you guys are on this podcast together is because I'm not sure that, you know, without each of you, you could have done it, you know, but it took both of you, you both have very unique skill sets. And the fact that you said, you know, Nicole's my number one cheerleader or something to that effect, I wrote it down here. 
But um, like my wife is my biggest cheerleader is what you said. Wow. I mean, Nicole, that is huge. There, there are so many guys out there that don't have that same support. I, you know? put, I put Ruth in our wedding vows. So Ruth, uh, where you go, I'll go. Your God, my God. I mean, and I put that in our vows because that that's us. We are... We're in it together. So, and if, if I, I love a it. dream for him, then it's, it was something and it has been. And, you know, the sentiment, business, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. The, the sentiment, Casey, that you hit on of not telling anybody. Um, so you actually hear that you're starting to hear that more and more. Like Sarah Blakely is a great example of Spanx. Like she knew her idea was so crazy that if she told her friends and family, they would all tell her, don't do it because they think they're looking out for the person when really it's just negative comments. And so it's interesting that you two believed in it enough to where you didn't need the validation of the people around you. In fact, you were avoiding any of the potential negativity that comes quite often like from the right place. That's, that's exactly what we said. We, I don't, now's not the time. I can't listen to it. I know they mean well, everyone means well, but think about what y'all are doing. Y'all are, y'all are crazy. One paycheck, one, I mean, and we were going to none. And so, yes, we didn't say a word. Yeah. It's interesting. So start taking us through the, the evolution of the company. You start the company, you've got this plan of, Hey, we may need to defer some payments, but we're going to make it Uh, take us through the evolution from that beginning process uh, as you go forward. I learned a lot. I, um, he can get on it more, but our two of our girls um, are 13 and 16 year old. They know how to operate the smaller machines. They know how to check grade. I know how to do some of the work because it was working nine days a week. And when you had people to help sometimes, and then it was going to be only Casey going. So he sat me in a, I mean, it was a GPS dozer, I know, but I was in the driver's seat. He set the GPS, but he was able to be in the traco and you're not paying anybody overtime, not paying anybody right now. It's just us out there, one and a half man band trying to get, the the work done so because in a week and a half we can bill this month so <laughs> let's get out there until we can't see anymore even with lights on and let's get as much done as we can and I did that a lot so jumping in I, I learned I learned a lot a lot so of you, trial by fire but you know from a from a business standpoint um, my business plan was I wanted a big boy skill set with low overhead. And what I meant by that was there is some of the brightest construction minds in the world in Charlotte. There are a lot of really talented people. And I go back to some of my time in Washington, D.C. because civil or site development work in Washington, D.C. is, is an anomaly. DC is bound um, horizontally. You know, it's only so big. And DC has a height cap 
on business, on buildings. So if you can't build it any taller and you can't build it any wider, then you have to build it deeper. And I learned a lot about thinking outside of the box and doing things that are a little bit unconventional. So when we come to Charlotte and, you know, I, I come back home because I'm from a, a small town in Chesterfield County, South Carolina, but we come back and I, I brought that mindset. Uh, think outside of the box, do things a little bit differently. And when we started Carolina Civil, I said I wanted to do the things that the big boys don't want to do, but I want to provide the I want to provide the skill, the skill level that they have, and not the overhead. So that worked out great for us. As uh, within two months of us starting Carolina Civil, we were working for my previous employer as a subcontractor, and we continue that relationship today, five years later. Uh, we still work for those guys um, as a subcontractor. So, you know, that, that's a good feeling, but you got to provide a valid service. Uh, there has to be some weight, some, you got to give people something. Well, what do you give them? And in the construction business, it's either muscle or it's mental. You can't compete with these guys that have been around a hundred years or these guys that have, you know, 500 pieces of equipment in their fleet you can't compete with that muscle wise. So you have to compete with it mentally wise. And what I mean by that is you got to outthink them. You got to outwork them and you've just got to provide a solution to the developer. When they're in the middle of the university or they're in the middle of uptown and, you know, in these tight areas logistically, how do you solve their problems? Because what they're worried about is the return on their investment. If they've spent all of these millions of dollars to develop this real estate, how do you get them to where they can go vertical? So once they go vertical, they're closer to getting their money back. So we wanted to have that value add. Um, and that's that's been good for us. Um, it it allowed our business to scale very rapidly as we, we have grown tremendously in the five years. Um, could have probably grown more, but I think that that whole quality of life balance has to be there. And we've tried to hold the reins back to where she and I still maintain some sort of quality of life as do our employees. But, uh, you know, our secret isn't a secret. It's just good hard work and add a value to the project. Everywhere we go, we want to always be a value adder. Sometimes there's problems, but we need to jump in and solve them. And, and that's, it's kind of been our secret. So you hit on there uh, talking about top talent being in the area. And, and it's on, on your website also. You mentioned being an employer of top-level talent in the industry. So I want to talk a little bit about hiring and employees and talent. So I want to start with how do you attract that top talent? So I'll take that lead. Our We hire, and I, I don't even want to say this because so many people are going to laugh at us again. We hire for personality. I can teach skills. Yep. But we base, um, and we joke about it. We're such horrible interviewers. Um, we, we laugh about it all the time because if we like someone, Hey, we'll give them a shot. <laughs> if someone likes us, we'll give them a shot and then we'll teach the skill set. Fortunately for us now, you know, it's business. So there are, um, there have been, we have a, our own fair share of uh, skeletons in the closet or bumps along the way that, that that has caused. But 
we hire based on personality. If a, if a, one of the guys here, he calls it want to. If a guy wakes up every morning and he's got that want to, then he'll fit in here. You know, a lot of people in the industry, a lot of other businesses, and I, I understand why they do it. Uh, they guarantee hours. Well, we guarantee opportunity. I'm not going to guarantee you hours, but I'll guarantee you opportunity to get those hours if you want to. You know, I, if a person really wants to learn and wants to work, the construction industry is phenomenal. It has, it has been a good place for me and my family, but, you know, it's the people aspect of it, a good personality, willing to learn. You'll make it here. We'll teach you the skill. Yep. And that goes in line with what you said earlier, building people who build projects. Right? Like, so as you going to that next step, so you, you interview these people, it's hiring based off of personality. You can teach a skill set. Once they get in the door, how are you, how are you bringing them into the company? How are you training them up? How are you empowering them? How are you keeping them here? Things like that. What does it look like after they come on? So we do a lot of on-the-job training. Um, everyone, with the exception of Nicole and a, an administrative assistant that works in the office as well, everyone's versed in the field. Uh, we are a field-based business because we have to get the work done. We spend a lot of one-on-one -on -one time, uh, a lot of time in the equipment with the guys, a lot of time... Uh, showing the guys our way. You know, uh, I have a saying around here, and it's the what's and the why's. Um, everyone knows what they're doing, but do they always understand why they're, why they're doing it? And our leadership team, we, we take a, a big responsibility of explaining why. You know, why you position the machine this way, why you position the machine that way. Uh, understanding efficiency. Um, how to take care of the equipment, how to manage and maintain the equipment. Those are things that I enjoy and, and there's thing, there are things that we're very passionate about. Now, the, the retention part, how do we retain employees? Um, one of something that Nicole and I both are very proud of. So I'm proud that they call me Mama Hen. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> that is one way that we, we retain employees is that she does have a very motherly instinct with all of our employees. We, we're very transparent. Uh, we have an open door policy. I, uh, I do little, I, I do little things. If it's hot, I went out and got a shipment of cooling towels. When it was cold, I showed up with the heating things you put in your pockets and you're, you're not wearing one of my shirts. Let me go grab you a shirt. I mean, so that's where the, the mama hitting comes in and they're like, stop buying stuff. <laughs> the guys might need it. Everybody well, might need it. So, well, in our biggest, um, we have several annual parties, but our biggest annual party was a, it's her brainchild. It's, it's kind of her baby, but we've started to formalize it a little more. So Labor Day weekend, um, this is the, this was the fifth year. We have a thing called family day. And for anybody that, doesn't know what family day is at Carolina Civil. It is exactly what that means. And I'll, I'll steal her thunder for a second. Nicole's thought with that was 
the wives and the children or the spouses, because we do have some female employees, but the spouses and the children sacrifice all summer long for the employees to support the mission of Carolina Civil. These guys work long hours. They leave early in the morning. They come home late at night and their family sacrifices. So family day is our day that we celebrate that. We have a, we rented water slides that are bigger than our office. We have trampolines and water slides for the kids. And it is truly a day of family celebration. It's a big cookout. It's just a party that day. And the kids to playing together, being one range this year. I mean, we had a 14 year old, a two year old to a 14 year old. And there was 80 50 kids or 50 or 80 kids. I mean, there was, there's a lot of kids. There was different water slides. There was different places to play, but I mean, and every one of them, they're just, they, they're gonna, I'll see you next year. They look mm -hmm. for the kids look forward to seeing these kids they met and they just, I like it. And that is, that's something that we focus on. Um, we started it, you know, and we we're both, um, we both have our own faith and, and, and uh, we're believers, but the way this thing has unfolded, you know, when we started Carolina Civil, obviously we were broke. We were flat broke and the money started coming in in the fourth quarter. Well, as the money started coming in in the fourth quarter, we was like, okay, let's have a celebration to celebrate this. You know, wow, we, we've got two nickels to rub together. So we had that first fall celebration and that's what has been kind of our anchor to celebrate families. Um, it takes these families to make this thing work. So, And it's cool that the guys, new guys know about it. Oh yeah. They, I mean, before they know that there's going to, it's the stuff that they know about. So I know the guys are talking you know, about. We, we do family day in the fall. We do um, some of our employee benefits. Obviously uh, we do the standard stuff, all the insurances and 401ks and company matches and all of that. But we do a boot club and after 90 days, every employee gets a hundred dollar gift certificate to a big boot store in Gastonia to where our thought is and our encouragement is, Hey, you work outside, you wear construction boots, you need good boots. Yeah. So they get, that's their birthday gift from the company. And again, know, that's why they call me mama hen. Yes. <laughs> so I'm, I'd like, okay, it's your birthday. You're, you're someone. Let's celebrate you. So, oh, and they call. If they've been here 120 days and I didn't get them a birthday card, they'll call and say, hey, you missed my birthday. Somebody told me to call you and tell you you missed my birthday. I was like, okay, you don't even know who you're working beside, but they told you <laughs> if it was your birthday, you need to call. So, well, I like it. People, people in the construction industry are are so tired of being less than or being treated like they're less than, you know, if you're, you're sitting on the interstate and you're sitting behind of a bunch of orange barrels, it's so easy to get frustrated. But when you humanize it, instead of demonizing it, it makes it real. And that's what we do. We just treat, meet these people where they are, treat them the way that we want to be treated. And, you know, it's, it's not for everyone. Um, some people just want to come in, do their job and go home. And I get that. And we respect that. But our success and the, the core group that we have, they really enjoy 
the personal feel. They enjoy the humanization of construction. And it, it's worked. It's worked for us. So. One, well, one of our guys, Casey started in April. He started in July and did, never had an idea <laughs> that we had just started in April until <laughs> it was okay for us to talk about it. But <laughs> when... When it wasn't okay, none of it was okay. We didn't talk to him about it, of course. And so he didn't have a clue and he's still here. Yeah, he's, still here. he's still here with us. You know, we've watched his children for the last five years grow up. You know, we've watched his boys go into high school. And, you know, it's just, I, I know all of the, the management books and the leadership books, and they tell you about this demarcation line between personal and business, but and we have that. We have accountability. We have a structure. We have all of those things, but we just make it human instead of just a transaction. So for anybody listening, and I, I have an unfair advantage because we've had a number of conversations um, early on about what you do, but uh, Nicole, you touched on it. If anybody was listening, she was in a caterpillar GPS controlled caterpillar <laughs> pushing dirt, right? So um, two things that I would like you to talk about. One is like what you physically do on a construction site for anybody listening, because not everybody's in the construction world. But two, when you're talking to caterpillar, um, that's a lot of money tied up, you know, um, we had another one that's in your industry uh, with Hoopa grading um, and you guys uh, play well together and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, they've got Caterpillar simulation, you know, uh, simulators in as part of their training. And that's I mean, that's a lot of money tied up. So talk about that part, too. Like, how did you when you started, you said, man, we were broke. So we had a seven hundred dollar change jar, that, you know, change jug and bags. <laughs> Nicole, <laughs> I would have loved to see that. Like, there's got to be closed circuit camera on that. You know, that's got to be really funny. I won't but, tell you what uh, bank. I need to. Find <laughs> but um, how did you how did you swing that? You know, because that's a lot of that's a lot of money, and that's a that's a huge barrier to entry for anybody thinking about it too. So. so we are no different than anyone else in an entrepreneurial life in the fact that we, I personally, have had a lot of people really invest in me. And when you think about investment, people think cash, but it's not always that. I had a friend, he was actually a, another contractor uh, who has become a very good friend of mine, uh, mine and hers, him, his wife, their kids. He got us started. Is Essentially, he let me borrow a couple pieces of equipment until we got paid. So and we, then even our first pay, yeah. he didn't take any money. He told us. We used his equipment, uh, essentially pro bono, until we received enough payment to be able to pay for our fuel and all of that kind of stuff. So he, he allowed us to use two pieces of his equipment for free 
for probably 90 days. Uh, once we were able to kind of get the wheels turning, uh, then we were able to pay him back. And then still to this day, uh, we have a project together now. Uh, we work together constantly, obviously on a much different scale now to where it is it is transactional with contracts and all of that good stuff. But yeah, that's, that's how we started. Um, and what we do, we build neighborhoods. Uh, we, we do all the initial stuff from cutting the first tree to uh, putting up the street signs at the end. And for us at Carolina Civil, we self-perform uh, everything from erosion control to asphalt paving. Uh, we do all the earthworks, all the water, uh, sewer, storm drainage, uh, all the heavy grading, the road, we build the roads. So we do anything horizontal construction. Uh, I joke with, uh, there's a builder friend of mine that, that builds custom homes and he says, when it gets out of the ground, you need to leave it alone, Casey. And that's, that's true. I don't do anything vertical. Uh, we, we do custom homes lots of subdivisions, lots of DOT highway work. We're a DOT, which is Department of Transportation. We're a prime contractor and we've done a, several projects for North Carolina and South Carolina DOT, but you know, we're a licensed general contractor and, and I guess the best way to put it is we build neighborhoods. Yeah, that's, that's really helpful. Um, again, for anybody listening, that may be at Bank of America or somewhere else dreaming about what would it be like to start an entrepreneurial endeavor. At least this gives them a little bit more of a, a color as to what you do, which is, I think, really cool. And to answer your question about cost, yes, this, uh, when we bought our first bulldozer, um, the salesman at the time who has become a friend of ours and we joked because Nicole thought I was going to faint. I was sweating so bad because <laughs> that bulldozer was more than our house. The, and, you know, 50, 80 pieces of equipment later, every one of them have been more than our house. <laughs> um, we joke about the cost of things in this business. Everything has commas in it. You know, you never get an invoice, you never get a repair that's a couple hundred bucks. I mean, everything has a comma in it. And lots of times there's two and even three digits before the comma. But it is a cash intensive business. You go through a lot of money. It takes a lot of money to keep the wheels turning. There's a lot coming in the door and a lot going out the door. The trick is hold on to as much as you can. So you had talked earlier about the roles that you guys have in, right? Is Nicole handling the financials and, and uh, Casey being the build people who build projects. Talk to us a little bit about the dynamic of, of being spouses and running a company together. It was very, it was very hard. I talked first on this one. <laughs> yeah, go for it. <laughs> um, it, I, it, there was a definite learning curve. I went from um, stay-at-home mom to uh, business partner, but it didn't click in his mind that that's what that that that's what was going on. So he would be ready to work in the morning. I would still be mom at home, and he'd want to start talking to me about work. And I 
it's not time. And so we've had to really make sure our communication stays open. And boundaries. Um, She touched on it, but, you know, and, and there is no secret. Anybody that knows us will tell you that I am spoiled. I am a spoiled husband. Uh, I would get up in the mornings, you know, I would come downstairs after, you know, getting dressed. I'd come downstairs and I'm ready to go to work and she's got my coffee made and my breakfast made and, you know, out the door, I'm going to tackle the world. And I would ask her questions. You know, hey, what about this vendor? What about that vendor? What about this employee? What about this contract? You know, I'm, I'm in work mode. Because the whole time I was in the shower, my whole morning routine, I'm thinking about all these 10 million things of work. And she's still in her house coat. She's still wife. And then once she finishes being wife, then she goes to being mom. And then once she's been finished being mom, then she has to take care of herself. And then she can become my business partner, my coworker. My, I mean, then she can do all of that. When, and, and, there was some long and some hard and some challenging days and some times, but fortunately for us, we have a, a, a dynamic that works. And she was able to tell me, look, we have to establish some boundaries. Well, once I figured yes. out why I was so mad, well, <laughs> why she, I felt so <laughs> overwhelmed and thought, am I crazy? Well, and she asked very specifically and, and she was right, but I didn't think about it this way. You know, yes, you guys are our uh, host of the podcast, but we also do business together. And I'm not going to email or call you at 6 a.m. in the morning. So then if I'm, if I'm not going to, if I'm going to respect your time to wait to call you or email you later, then I have to respect hers. I can't yeah, treat her any different from a work standpoint, just because she's my wife or just <laughs> because she's my business partner. If we were coworkers at Bank of America or, anywhere else. I wouldn't ask her questions at six o'clock in the morning. So I can't treat her any differently just because she's my wife. That piece, um, if I had any advice to give any any couple that was looking to start an entrepreneurial uh, adventure would be to keep your communication open because you're going to learn on the fly. You're going to have your bumps along the way and you know, something as maybe, maybe some would consider even minor, but you know, yeah. she had her routine in the morning and I had mine and we had to figure out how to make a mesh. Yeah, that's, that's really good. I think that's, you, you hit on a couple things. First of all, whether you're a husband and wife or not, communication is the number one thing that every company struggles with. Yes. And every family does. <laughs> Whenever you have more than two people or more than one person in in an organization or an entity, communication is the number one thing. So I, I really like what you said there. So going and forgive me for bouncing back and forth, but you've said things earlier that we just couldn't get to at the time. Um, you mentioned Carolina Civil Cares. Can you, can you share with us and share with the listeners what that is? So we want a mechanism to give back, um, a formalized mechanism to give back, I guess is the best way to put it. And 
we've worked with our team at BGW to try to find the right way to make this work. But there's a lot of good examples around town. There's a lot of successful businesses that are very philanthropic. And there are pools, i.e. this water jug, that employees can contribute to that is available for rough times. You know, all of us with family, you know, you experience death, you experience heartbreak, you experience loss. You know, 2020, 2021 have, have really opened our eyes to just how quickly someone's life can change. And we at Carolina Civil want to be able to use a portion of our profits to help with that. Uh, I know, Ben, I've, I've read some of your stuff that to where you do that as well. I mean, it's important for us to give back and what better way to do it than just by caring. It doesn't have to be a, a spectacle or anything ex, uh, exorbitant. We just want to show people that we care. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think there's something unique about being able to use a, a for-profit institution to create positive impact. In whatever in whatever arena you want that to be, as the business owners. Yes. So I love that. I think that's great. When when did you when did you start that? We have been giving back since we started the business, yeah. in some way, shape, or form. Now we just want. Um, yeah, we want to formalize it now. Yeah. Make a name behind it, and we want to do something a little bit different to where employees can contribute. Uh, a great example, what gave me the idea, we were having our weekly staff meeting uh, with our leadership team, and we heard a story of a former employee. He's been gone over a year now, but he had a very, very tragic experience. He lost his mother and his baby in the same day, the, or the same incident. His mother, like, and the baby, so yeah. the grandma and grandbaby. Right. So... And I just challenged everybody in the meeting. And I was like, hey, I'm going to pass the hat. Whatever we raise, Carolina Civil is going to match. And I was actually surprised at, at the size of the check, but I was very proud of it because even though he was a former employee, he was still, you know, our lives crossed, uh, our paths crossed. And, you know, we left on, he left on good terms. Everything was great. But we needed to show him that we still care, you know, he had a rough time uh, and still is having a rough time, but, you know, we want to meet people where they are and be there when these things happen. And, and that's, so that started it. And, and I reached out and said, Hey, I want to formalize this to where employees can contribute. And then we'll set up some sort of threshold or criteria of, of what, how do you get back out of the pool? But let's fill up a pool here to have a rainy day fund for employees for personal reasons. So I hope if anybody's listening to this, if you've listened to more than two episodes, uh, you are hearing a recurring theme. <laughs> and it's funny because one of the first things that you said early on was, hey, we're in the construction business, but at the end of, at the, end of the day, we're in the service industry. I think we heard that from uh, Joe and Katie Kindred. <laughs> yes recently yes. too which i think is so cool 
That is why you guys are on this podcast. That's why we we launched this podcast, quite frankly, because we wanted to feature people like you guys who are willing to tell the the struggles, the, the, the why you're doing what you're doing, and not just about the glitz and glamour of the podium finishes. Everybody does that. You know, we're not having Gary V on here. God bless Gary V. But we're looking for people like you who are the ripple makers who, you know, this is a great example, Carolina Cares. You're not just, just doing it for people that are on your team. Mm-hmm. You got, you're reaching out to somebody that their, their life passed and crossed yours and went through difficulty and you still showed you care. That is inspiring. <laughs> you know, that is, that's a ripple maker in a positive way. So thank you um, for sh- sharing that. One other thing that we, we didn't talk about that we, we talked about early, but we haven't gone into yet. I want to know about the, the minis. <laughs> like that down what about... <laughs> <laughs> so, so you see what happened, we have uh, children. Yes. <laughs> one wanted a big white dog, one wanted pigs. Oh, <laughs> and, and, and I started it. <laughs> we found um, a miniature pig. And for those of you that don't know, or if you ever get a moment and really are into exotic farm animals, miniature pigs are probably one of the greatest animals ever. They are super smart. It, it is a such a blessing for us. But so we went to look at this pig and then we found out that they, many pigs are social creatures, so they do better in group settings. They're pack animals. Well, then we found out that, okay, these two pigs are house-raised, and we both were like, no, no pigs in the house. Well, as they were introducing us to mom, who was an outside pig, all of a sudden, this big white dog goes running by us. So very long story short, we got three pigs and a dog that day. All from the rescue, and we got all three, all four of them. Fast forward a couple months, COVID, all of this stuff happened, and we ended up with all the other animals from the rescue. A miniature cow, a miniature horse, uh, another miniature pig, uh, (laughs) miniature goats, six ducks, six chickens. I mean, we, we ended up with a barnyard. And then we found a passion there in with these animals. Uh, it is. I mean, we honestly just ended up with them because the rescue couldn't afford them anymore. They were going to have to separate all the animals. So we say, we'll do it. Yeah, we'll take them. We'll help. And then we have a farm now. Yeah. And then through social media, um, <laughs> I've actually been as far as. Lexington, South Carolina, to the detention center and got three miniature pigs from them. So people buy these little pigs for their kids when they're little and small, and they don't realize that anything under 250 pounds is considered a miniature. Oh, gosh. 250 pound pig running around in your house. And unfortunately, the way they deal with them is they turn them loose. And law enforcement, animal control, they capture them and then they're, you know, they try to find homes for them. So we got three from there and then we've went and got 
one from the a dog pound in Colombia. A dog pound in Colombia, and we've got more donkeys and more horses, and it is just people know. call us and they're like, "I know you said no more animals, but we have another one that might need help." Okay, we're up to what thirty-five. We've got about thirty-five animals now, and <laughs> you know everything's a miniature. It's uh, it's kind of cool. It it's it's real enjoyable. It's and so you have bulldozers, you have at least 50 pieces of equipment. That's right. And I, the minis are almost catching up to the, the big boys. <laughs> that's right. That's right. No, it's when a, you put it that way. <laughs> that is so crazy, man. You know, we, those animals needed someone. And I guess here, as we're talking about it, I think about it. I don't know. Maybe we have a soft spot, but. You know, they were going to go to the wayside. Um, so the rescue mentality kind of worked for us and they needed to be loved. And that's all they want. If you'll feed them and love them, they'll be just as happy. And as our they employees love it. They yeah. love coming by and messing with them. So. And the, the kids on family day and, you know, there's people out there taking pictures of pigs that are the size of a basketball. I mean, it's, it's conversational for sure. So I have to ask you, um, were you the inspiration behind uh, Philip and Tracy Lanier and their some of their miniatures? <laughs> we did have them first. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe he he might not know that. Maybe she did see some. I don't know. <laughs> oh, that is so funny. And, and they'll tell you as well. It's it's very relaxing. Um, you know, Philip and Tracy like us. They enjoy the hard work and the challenge, but the mental escape that you get from dealing with the animals kind of turn the business mind off and enjoy the animals is fun even even on your lunch break yeah. it it's gives you a a calm yeah that's cool I like that well this has been wide ranging but very fun <laughs> of a conversation i i've really enjoyed it i Gary, do you have any other final thoughts before we uh, send our listeners to um, to their website and things like that? No, I just, you know, um, I'm so glad I got to hear more of your story. I mean, the change jug, I've told that story to many people and it, it signifies a can-do attitude. You know, it, it signifies... Um, overcoming obstacles and anybody that has taken the leap into entrepreneurship knows that the obstacles are big there's no no getting around it mm -hmm. but when you've got a bigger why um which is what is driving you i mean you can hear it whether bulldozers of people or minis you know you said you know in the people in the construction industry are tired of being treated less than and you've got a heart, a, a soft spot for that, as well as creatures, you know, and, 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 uh, which I think is just beautiful. So, um, you, you, you did a great job. Thank you so much for being on this thing. Um, you inspired me again. I know you're going to inspire somebody else out there that has taken the leap going through the difficulties or is thinking about it. And that's really what we want to do so thank you so much for for sharing that thank you thank you guys for having us yeah thank you both <laughs>